It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast heading into the glorious conference championship Sunday. And we got some big baller fantasy quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of our shows now are on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you want to see what Joe's house looks like or you want to see Joe's hat that he wears every week, at least wears some kind of hat, Flyers is back again. Joe, of course, is Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan. He is the expert on this show. He is fantastic. He's also one of the co-owners of FantasyPoints.com, which is why we love, love, love when you use the code FEAST over there at FantasyPoints.com so that they know that we sent you. And, Joe, there's a lot to get into. Um, Before we even get into the games – from last weekend or the two on Sunday, I did want to just get your thoughts because it happened after we recorded the Ross Tucker football podcast this morning about Philip Rivers retiring. He seemed like uh what what did he typically rank as a fantasy quarterback each year, Joe? Um, he was in my in my time in the industry. Rivers was always one of those guys who was kind of towards the back end of like the starters, and occasionally he would be better than that. And when I say a starter, I I'm talking like QB twelve. Uh, so like back end of the top twelve. Um, in his heyday with the Chargers, uh, maybe more towards the top half of that. Obviously, uh, we've seen very few quarterbacks in NFL history with less mobility than Phillip Rivers, and that would hamper his fantasy upside. But ultimately, he ended up being a guy who would gravitate towards the back end of that top 12 at quarterback. I think that's how I'm going to remember him from a fantasy perspective. And uh, never a guy who was like a game changer, but certainly somebody who you could have won fantasy championships with and many fantasy championships. And, you know, I, I, I think we always look at it from the perspective of we're a little bit surprised when somebody who was, and I still think Rivers was playing at a pretty high level, um, retires, but obviously this is a family man. Um, he has a lot of children. Um, he's been with his wife, I, I, I mean, since he was in college. This is a guy who, who just determined, I think he said, it's just time. And it was a great career for Philip Rivers. I expect that he will be enshrined in Canton. He should be. Um, uh, based on his his resume, he was a good, sometimes great fantasy quarterback. But uh, obviously, his legacy goes beyond that. Congratulations to Philip Rivers on a phenomenal career. Um, uh, but yes, a good but not great fantasy quarterback, I think, is how we'll remember him. But occasionally better than that. Did he usually get drafted higher or lower than he should have, or was he usually properly drafted? Uh, I would say, um. Be- because he was around for so long, he was a guy who ended up getting drafted, at least in more recent years, lower than he should have. Only because, uh, oh, this is the year he's going to fall off. And, you know, when I think of Phillip Rivers, I think of of the the, the Chargers teams uh, six, seven, eight years ago when 
he had so many injuries, and he's throwing to guys like Sei Ajiratutu, and he's putting up numbers, and that's how I'll remember Phillip Rivers, you know, behind a bad offensive line, a quarterback with no mobility, managing to put up numbers. Um, just somebody who I think because he wasn't flashy, often got drafted after he should have been drafted. A very solid fantasy quarterback in his career, but obviously there's going to be many reasons to remember Phillip Rivers beyond just his fantasy contributions. Absolutely, Joe. I would agree. Uh, boy, his his mic'd up segments were amazing, legendary. Absolutely love it. Uh, I want to get to your thoughts on last week's games and then, of course, this week's games. I, I should point out, though, not only can you bet on these games this weekend at DraftKings, but also as Joe gets into the Sunday slate and the options for the conference championship games, you're going to want to do that on the DraftKings app, the regular app, not the DraftKings Sportsbook app. By the way, if you're into ultimate fighting, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the UFC. So for a shot to turn $1 into $257, you can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round. If he does, you'll be cashing in $257. Wow. Bet a little, win a lot. It's that simple. I might do that just so I can root for McGregor to knock him out in the first round. Think about how awesome of a feeling that would be if he does, if he knocks him out in the first round. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Place your bet. Watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code ROSS. For new players, get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in Jersey PA only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. So, Joe, before we get to these two games, I did want to get any thoughts you had going in the next year about, in particular, I would say, the losing teams, the skill guys, and the quarterbacks. So that'd be Jared Goff. That would be Lamar Jackson. That would be, you know, obviously Baker Mayfield and the Browns. And, of course, the Saints, who we expect to have a new quarterback. So yeah. just your your fantasy thoughts on the teams that just finished up. Maybe start with the Rams and golf and acres and what they've got going on. Well, uh, I, I, we saw the story that um, the I, I think the, the the report was Jared Goff and and Sean McVay need marriage counseling, uh, and I, I think we we got that kind of um, vibe when it looked like John Wolford. Well, not look like he did. He did start the division uh, the wild card round game against Seattle before he got injured. Um, the Los Angeles Rams and the Saints are the two teams here where we're going to have to see who the quarterback of these teams is next year before we get any really true thoughts. And, you know, I think, you know, we talked about it so much on this podcast this year where I thought the Rams were an offense that looked like it was well-designed. It was an offense that you see it and you're like, oh, my God, that was a cool design. And then at the end of the game, you're looking and they have 20 points on the board and you're, the fantasy production is down across the board and you're like, what the heck's going on? And it appears that Sean McVay thinks the quarterback is to blame for that. So before I get a really good assessment 
um, uh, of the Rams. And by the way, I will be doing uh, best ball rankings here in the next couple weeks for fantasypoints.com. That's one of our first offseason goals. So I'm going to have to rank these guys. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see where Cam Akers comes out because I would expect he's going to be a top uh, 24 pick, uh, maybe even and a first-round pick once I get a better look at things based on how he ended up this season. But can the Rams improve at quarterback is the question. I'm not sure about that. So um, it's going to be a fascinating offseason for for the Rams, and that's going to affect, obviously, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and everybody who's there with that Rams organization. And then we get to the Saints. Is Sean Payton going to make Taysom Hill the starter? Now, Taysom Hill lost one game as the starter for for the New Orleans Saints. We expect um, that Drew Brees is going to retire, and frankly – Ross, uh, Drew Brees looked old in that game against Tampa Bay. His arm looked shot. Uh, it, it just, it, it, I, I wouldn't feel optimistic about the Saints uh, heading into next season uh, if Drew Brees were still the quarterback there. Um, we have Michael Thomas going for offseason surgeries, uh, uh, both on his ankle, I think his deltoid. Um, so he's having all kinds of problems physically. He wanted to maybe make one run to the Super Bowl with Drew Brees, which was not to be. We saw Taysom Hill fed Michael Thomas the ball, but you would anticipate his volume goes down. How does that affect Alvin Kamara? A lot of problems with Alvin Kamara as a running back with Taysom Hill was that he wasn't getting checkdowns. So if Taysom Hill's the quarterback, we're going to have to reassess how we view Alvin Kamara, although you expect the Saints to be very good at running the football. So that's going to be a fascinating situation for the New Orleans Saints. And then we get into the teams who I expect are going to be relatively similar heading into next offseason. The first being the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Lamar Jackson was awful against the Bills. Um, uh, You know, it it happened, but he played great down the stretch, much more in line with the guy you drafted in the second round, um, uh, which was obviously a mistake, but we, we talked about that before the season, that it was a mistake. But he played much more in line with that down in the second, uh, towards the last month, six weeks of the season. I am interested to see where he gets drafted because if he gets started, starts to get drafted around the fifth round, in, in best ball leagues, in redraft leagues, then I'm going to be more on board than I was with him as a second-round pick. The Baltimore Ravens need to get him more help at wide receiver. Hollywood Brown came on at the end of the year, but he's just not going to cut it. I, I think they need kind of a big-bodied receiver to take up, uh, maybe maybe be the, the X and move Hollywood Brown as a Z. May they, I think they need that big-bodied receiver. They need to get Lamar Jackson more help. J.K. Dobbins, we saw Mark Ingram got released. I wouldn't be shocked to see J.K. Dobbins be a first-round pick for fantasy purposes based on how he finished the season. But we'll see if Gus Edwards is back. That's a big problem there as well for the Baltimore Ravens. But they need to get Lamar Jackson some more help on the perimeter. And then there's the Cleveland Browns, who I expect are going to look very similar next year to the way they looked at the end of this year. Maybe they get Odell Beckham back, you know. Uh, it, it's hard to overlook the fact that Baker Mayfield looked better without Odell Beckham. How much of that was him just picking up the offense? How much of that was the offensive line just getting into a groove and getting healthier? I'm not sure, uh, but he seemed to force the ball a lot to Odell Beckham when Odell Beckham was out there, and it was to Baker Mayfield's detriment. What they definitely need, Odell Beckham's going to be back, but what they definitely need is depth. They need depth at wide receiver. We saw that, you know, Rashard Higgins is an okay player. You know, he had the bad, um, he had the bad fumble um, in that game against Kansas City. They need more depth at receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones might take the next step, but they need depth at that position. Uh, do the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, though, especially Nick Chubb. These guys, they're going to be big-time fantasy picks, I, I, I anticipate. Nick Chubb is probably going to be a first-rounder. All right. 
I should mention a couple things, Joe. Number one, I should mention earlier, if you haven't already signed up for our email, please do. It's on the homepage at RossTucker.com. I send out one, like a quarter, one every three months. But it's just when I got a funny story or something I want to tell you about that I don't have time to share on any of the podcasts. So check that out. We actually sent one out Monday. But if you sign up today, throw your email address in there over at RossTucker.com. You'll get the resend tomorrow. Included in that, by the way, we're going to have a new YouTube show. We haven't named uh, the name of it yet. But basically, we'll just pick five, ten people each week, uh, depending on what we ask you to do. And it'll be the first five or the first ten. And you'll get to come on the show. We'll send you the link just like Joe and I do here. And you'll be able to ask me whatever question you want. And I'll respond to it right here on the YouTube part of it. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We're also having a happy hour Friday night for our patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media. So check that out Friday night because that will be fun. 9 p.m. Eastern. You just got to make sure you're a patron. Patreon.com slash rt media all right any other thoughts from the divisional round joe are you ready to tackle conference championships let's go to let's go to the championship games we got two good ones okay so let's start with this joe is it any different if at all than what you recommended or the options for people the last couple it's essentially what you had been saying you there's just not a two-day slate it's only the sunday slate yeah, it's only the Sunday slate, two-day slate. Now, fortunately, uh, we've got a couple of games here that are expected to be pretty high scoring. I- I'm looking at an over-under of 51 for Tampa Bay at Green Bay and an over-under of 54 for Buffalo at Kansas City. Um, I don't think I'm going to be breaking any news here, but based on the way these teams have played the last month, these are the four best teams left. Uh, I-, I mean, they're the only four teams left, but I thought they were the four best teams heading into the playoffs. Tampa Bay maybe lucked out by not having to go to Green Bay uh, in, in the uh, in the divisional round, and now we get this awesome Brady Rogers showdown. Um, but they're going to be four high scoring games, uh, or projected to be high scoring games. Um, we obviously have a quarterback situation with Kansas City that we're going to get to, but these are projected to be four high scoring games, and that should open up the door uh, to use just about anybody for fantasy purposes. All right, so let's start with the Bucks and the Packers. You mentioned the over-under at DraftKings. It is 51. Right now at DraftKings, the Packers are favored by three and a half points. I was very impressed, Joe, with how effectively they move the ball against the Rams' defense. Although, the Rams are a unique defense, Joe. They got two of the top five defensive players in the world. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of minimum salary guys. I mean, Brockers yeah. makes some dough. Leonard Floyd makes some dough. But really, it's about those two top five players being totally dominant and then the other guys kind of filling in around them. And pretty clearly, Aaron Donald was not able right. to be his dominant self. And this was the problem you saw like uh, to, to cross over sports. When LeBron James first went to the Miami Heat, Um, That first year where they lost to the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA Finals, obviously they were a very good team. But, you know, if one of those guys, the big three, James, 
Bosch, Wade is limited or goes down, then you got scrubs like Joel Anthony filling in, and it doesn't necessarily work that way. And that's the problem with the Los Angeles Rams. So we look here at the Rams, and you saw Green Bay run the ball all over the Rams, obviously buoyed by Aaron Jones on a 60-yard run. But Jamal Williams picked up consistent yardage. You saw A.J. Dillon have a couple of carries in that game where he picked up yardage. That is not something I would expect the Green Bay Packers to be able to do with uh, with alacrity against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have the number one DVOA run defense via football outsiders in the NFL and are expecting to get Vita Vea back this week. So I think Green Bay, if Green Bay is going to choose to attack, put the ball in the hands of the National Football League MVP, Aaron Rodgers. And I would anticipate that Devontae Adams, who had nine catches and a touchdown last week, is going to be important. I got uh, I got owned on a uh, an under bet. I had Alan Lazard under 38 and a half receiving yards. He had 38 until that 58-yard touchdown. And he also dropped another pass, by the way, that was perfectly thrown by Aaron Rodgers. So Alan Lazard is starting to come alive. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Rodgers continues to go to him uh, uh, despite some of the mistakes that he has made. This passing game, Aaron Rodgers is going to be very important in this game. Now, I think it's very important to point out that as we're, we're looking right now, I have a forecast pulled up. We could see some snow showers in Green Bay. It is going to be cold. However... Do not freak out. I always use the example of Bill Belichick with the New England Patriots always determining, and I think correctly so, that it is harder for defenses to react to route-running wide receivers in the snow than it is for receivers to run routes. I think the passing game has a step up in the snow if it is going to be snowing in Green Bay. And we have two quarterbacks who are extremely extremely uh, uh, effective, used to playing in the snow in Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I think snow will be a very fascinating backdrop for this game. If it does happen, I'm rooting for it. It's the NFC Championship game in Lambeau Field. I want it to snow. Everybody on planet Earth wants it to snow. Maybe not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a whole, but you know Tom Brady, if he goes in there and it's snowing, he will be in his element. He will be just as comfortable as Aaron Rodgers. A lot of good stuff there, Joe. And yeah, you know, by the way, it looks like it might snow in Kansas City as well. Yeah, it, is- yeah, it might rain there too. So we have to we have to see that. But yeah, it could be a pretty nasty. It's January football, Ross, and these are two cities that can be affected by weather. All right. So the Bucks defense, though, I'm curious what you think about their matchups on the outside against Devontae. I, I'm really, I'm really curious to see how. Ricky Wagner and Billy Turner hold up against Shaq Parrott and JPP. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be um, probably the key matchup here uh, for Aaron Rodgers is that uh, is that pass rush. Um, again, this is the number five pass defense by a DVOA for football outsiders. So just when I say it's easier to throw against the Bucs than it is to run doesn't mean it's easy. Fortunately, you have the NFL MVP and the best receiver in football to attack them. But I would think that secondary, Murphy, Bunting, obviously the rookie Winfield has been playing well. Those guys, uh, uh, Carlton Davis, those guys... Um, they're good players, but I think they're just a little bit more exploitable than the run game. And Devontae Adams can get open against anybody. There is nothing about this matchup that is making uh, making me think uh, Devontae Adams is anything but the number one wide receiver play for the week. All right, what about the other side, Joe? What about when the Bucks have the ball? I know some people think maybe they'll 
run it with Fournette and Ronald Jones. Others think, no, they'll put it in Brady's hands. What are you thinking? Well, I think Mike Evans is really happy that, uh, that that Marshawn Lattimore isn't going to be on the other side of him in this game. And though they do have Jair Alexander, a great corner, Green Bay does play a lot of zone. Uh, so um, I wouldn't expect a shadow situation the way you might expect for Mike Evans when Marshawn Lattimore is, is, is out there. Um, Chris Godwin have, has had some drop issues here for Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay, I expect, is going to be able to score in this game. You look at Green Bay's defense by the metrics, pretty mediocre, 15th against the pass, 18th against the run. So Tampa Bay, I think, is going to come out and is going to do the same things Tampa Bay has been doing all year. One thing I would like to see Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich do more is passing on those early downs. Very often against the Saints last week, they kind of just went out there on first down and gave the ball to Leonard Fournette and and Ronald Jones. And Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones were pretty good in that game. I don't have any qualms about that. Leonard Fournette's playing his best football of the season right now. And I would anticipate they're going to try to run the ball, but I think they're going to need to throw it against Green Bay uh, to, to score the ball in this game. Tom Brady is playing pretty well overall. This is a much easier matchup than he saw against New Orleans last week. I think Tom Brady, Godwin, Antonio Brown, um, uh, Mike Evans, all of these guys are in play for you for obvious reasons. It's a four-game slate. But another guy who you might look to save money, how about the production of Cameron Brait? He's kind of come on of late. You know, I think they're using Gronk. Um, Gronk says he wants to play another year, but I think the fact that the Buccaneers have kind of have kind of not put everything on his shoulders is making him enjoy the game a little bit more. It's keeping him fresher. And Cameron Brait has emerged as a really athletic tight end for Tom Brady in these last couple weeks here. I think he's somebody on the DFS slate that you might be able to get um, get some get some uh, usage out of, get some targets out of for a relatively low price here. He is coming on. He led the Buccaneers in receiving against the New Orleans Saints in the divisional round. Okay, let's get to the nightcap. I'll be there. Bills, Chiefs. Oh, oh I would love to go. <laughs> um, yeah, Bills, Chiefs. Obviously, Mahomes is up in the air, but we all think he's going to play. I, I don't know anybody mm-hmm. that really doesn't think he's going to play, but we'll see. Uh, give me your breakdown here. Just so you know, over at DraftKings, the Chiefs are now back up to being favored by three. I would expect once it's official that Mahomes is playing, maybe that number goes up even more. The total on this one's 53 and a half, Joe. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think we all anticipate. Um, the Buffalo Bills defense had its marquee performance in the divisional round. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson left that game with a concussion, and he had the terrible, I mean, the awful pick six. I mean, but the thing that you have to know about that game between Baltimore and Buffalo in the divisional round is the wind was very clearly a factor. And, you know, Buffalo Buffalo made all the analytics guys go absolutely wild in a good way because they basically didn't run the football. Like, they were just like, we're, not, we're just not going to do it, you know? Uh, and I – look, they won the game. However – they scored 10 points on offense. So I, it's very clear that the wind had an effect on the passing game. It clearly had an effect on the kicking game. You saw just, when's the last time you saw Justin Tucker miss multiple kicks in the same game? I mean, it, it clearly had an effect in that game. So we're going to have to keep an eye on the weather in Kansas City. Right now, uh, it looks like it might be rain. It might be snow. I'm showing a high of 45 on Sunday. But by the time this game kicks off, does that creep down a little bit? Does it get a little bit windier? Keep an eye on that because a lot of those Josh Allen deep balls 
they looked uh, more like 2019 Josh Allen than the super accurate passer that we've been seeing this year. Based on the way Josh Allen has played this year, I am going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I am going to think that Josh Allen did a, uh, it just was affected by the wind in that game. Keep an eye on him uh, it, for this matchup with Kansas City. But I don't anticipate that Buffalo all of a sudden is going to come out and they're going to run the wing tee against the Chiefs. I mean, Brian Dable has showed you all season long what he is. He is arguably the most pass-heavy coach in the entire NFL right now. They don't really have a back they trust. And Zach Moss is now on IR. So it's Devin Singletary and it's TJ Yeldon. The Buffalo Bills are going to throw the ball in this game. They're going to throw it all over the field. Stephon Diggs, he, not Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, is the top contender for Devontae Adams thrown as the number one wide receiver play this week because Kansas City can run the ball a little bit. They're not a run-heavy team, but they run it more than Buffalo does. Buffalo is going to drop Josh Allen back 30-plus times in this game. They're going to try to create big plays through the air. There is absolutely no credence. uh, And Seth Kaiser, who covers the Chiefs for the Athletic, did a nice study on this. Really, there is no evidence to support that shortening the game against Patrick Mahomes by running the football has any effect on how much the Chiefs score, has any effect on the win-loss of the team that runs the ball well. So why would Buffalo change what it has done beautifully all season long? Buffalo is going to drop Josh Allen back 35, 40 times, try to create big plays in the passing game with Stephon Diggs against the secondary that's all right, but it's not... It's not great. Kansas City's calling card is certainly not its defense. And while Kansas City's run defense via DVOA, via the numbers, is one of the worst in the NFL, it's actually 31st in the NFL, you have to keep in mind that teams don't run the ball on Kansas City. So Kansas City's out here playing sub packages because teams need to throw the ball to keep up with Kansas City. Don't look at those metrics too much. Don't read into them too much. Buffalo's throwing the ball in this game. Now, if you think Devin Singletary, because of the the run defense is 31st in DVOA, if you think Devin Singletary is going to be a nice pivot play for you, you know, I I managed to win in DFS despite using him last week, that's fine. There's four teams on this slate. It's a two-game slate. You have to create some diversity in your lineups uh, every now and again. Maybe the Bills run a draw play that that Singletary can pick up 25 yards, maybe get to the end zone on. That's all fine, but everything in this game – basically looks like the Bills are going to throw the ball all over the field. And when they did throw the ball against Baltimore, a tougher matchup than this, there were two guys who were the focus. Both Stephon Diggs and John Brown had 11 targets in that game. What about when the Chiefs have the ball, Joe? Same team as always, though we did get an answer, obviously, on that backfield. If if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not out there, Daryl Williams is the guy they trust the most. And, you know, it's funny. They, they made this Le'Veon Bell signing and, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cripple Clyde Edwards-Alaire. What really crippled Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the offensive philosophy. Um, and Daryl Williams is now the guy they trust. And they have shown that they'll go to the guy they trust in the backfield during the playoffs. That was Damian Williams last year. It is Daryl Williams this year. And you look at Buffalo. Buffalo 12th in pass defense DVOA, 17th in run defense DVOA. They did a great job against Baltimore last week. You know, Baltimore scored three points in that game. Um, They contained Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar Jackson. But obviously, this is a different team to play against. And when these two teams played earlier in the season, 
Buffalo got run over by Clyde Edwards Alaire. You know, you think if you're playing the Chiefs, you anticipate, hey, I'm okay with it. I'm okay getting run on. Uh, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't beat us, you wonder if they'll have a similar philosophy. And if I'm playing a running back from the Kansas City Chiefs, it's going to be Daryl Williams this week. Uh, it He looked good last week against Cleveland, 13 carries, 78 yards, four catches for 16. If I'm playing one of the backs in this game, it is probably going to be Daryl Williams. But obviously, Ross, we anticipate that, um, we anticipate that uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to play in this game. Interested to see what Buffalo does with Tredavious White. Now you think if he follows anybody, and he doesn't really do that. They play sides. You'll see him on, on um, Tyreek Hill mo- uh, more often than not. Don't be shocked if you see Tredavious White on Travis Kelsey some in this game. But those two guys, both of them went over 100 yards receiving against Cleveland last week. Mecole Hardman had a nice game. Uh, we'll check the status of Sammy Watkins. But once again, with the exception of, of, of Daryl Williams, who's kind of emerged here, Kansas City's the same team that we've seen all year. If you play one of these secondary receivers, Hardman, Pringle, Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, you're essentially just hoping for a big play. Follow this man on social media, at FG underscore Dolan. If you haven't, now would be a great time to go to FantasyPoints.com, throw the code FEAST in so you get that discount, and start to get all of this knowledge dropped on you. They already got projections for next year. Go ahead, Joe. Can I interrupt just now? Because I just saw it as we're coming through. Um, uh, Antonio Brown, who had a knee tweak last week, was not at the Buccaneers practice today. And Bruce Arians says via Jenna Lane of ESPN that it is too early to tell if he'll be available. So keep that in mind. Maybe you get some Scotty Miller action in there. Tyler Johnson, who made a big catch for the Buccaneers. Maybe those guys get a little bit more action uh, for DFS purposes. Great point. Next couple weeks, we'll break down the conference championship game recap. Preview the Super Bowl, all kinds of prop bets. We'll go through every dude for the Super Bowl. It will be amazing. And then you get into the real fun in the offseason where we get different guests on. We'll have some co-hosts at from time to give Joe a little bit of a break. And we'll get into the draft stuff. It'll be an absolute blast. Keep it here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.